Where my dogs at? We right here, dog. Where my dogs at? Right here, dog. Where my dogs at? We right here, dog. Now where my dogs at? To celebrate the release of ASAP Ferg's new joint Pups, which features fellow mob member ASAP Rocky, we're resharing the Hood Pope's rad 2017 talkhouse convo with culinary icon and, as we learn, former rap producer Andrew Carmelini. Check it out. This is Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse podcast. Today we're broadcasting live from Sonos flagship store here in semi-sunny Soho, Manhattan, NYC. We're posted up in 101G. That's the soundproof booth, vinyl listening room downstairs, tape wall curated by Thurston Moore. And we've been doing some very cool talks here. The TalkHouse has been curating a series of conversations between artists like Kathleen Hanna and Meredith Graves, DJ Premier, and Prince Paul. We've also had the Flaming Lips Wayne Coyne. We've had Todd Berry and Chris Gethard. And most recently, David Cross in conversation with comedian, rapper Jean Grey and the Strokes' Fab Moretti. Today's talk is a little bit different. This is the first in a collaboration that the TalkHouse is doing with Food Republic, where we're going to be exploring the creative intersection between food and music. Now, to introduce our guest for the day, I'd like to welcome Richard Martin, who's the editorial director at Food Republic. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks to you gentlemen for being here. Just wanted to uh, introduce them briefly. ASAP Ferg. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Thanks for coming on the Uh, premiere edition of this. Thank you for having me. Um, Your music is unbelievable. Um, Two albums so far and a a mixtape on the way. Still striving, right? Still striving, yeah. Right. And um, your first album, Trap Lord. Yep. It's also now a brand, right? Yep. It's a, it's a clothing brand now. Yep. And what it, else you got going on? You got some cool... Um, Right now with Trap Law, we on our second shoe with Adidas and uh, Capsule Collection, clothing collection, which should be dropping real soon. Um, also, I am a creative director for Uniform, uh, which is a brand that helps kids uh, get uniforms in Africa. Um. And I just have a lot of things going on. Uh, a Goldie, I just did a, a collaboration with them. Um, denim collab. Uh, you know, we just have a lot of things as far as fashion and art goes. And, um, yeah, more music. Yeah. yeah. All right, looking forward to it. And I'm very happy to be sitting next to Andrew Carmelini. He's one of my favorite chefs in the city. Um, he has, uh, what, up to 13 restaurants now? Yeah, I said 13 before. It's like 11 and two bars. Right. And mostly in New York, but he's starting to expand. He's got a Dutch uh, right around the corner from here at the Sonos uh, look um, headquarters here. And um, and also a Dutch in Miami. Yeah, Dutch in Miami. And you have some uh, restaurants opening in Baltimore now. Yeah, two places in Baltimore now. Baltimore's um, got a cool history, good grit to it, uh, good realness there. So, yeah, we did two projects there, one hotel just opened a beautiful hotel in Fells Point, and we're going to do an American restaurant next to this rye distillery that just opened called Sagamore Rye. Very, very Maryland cool. has a long history of making rye whiskey, and so we're going to be a, be a part of that. It's kind of cool. All right, sounds good. And Locanda Verde, of course, is uh, one of the old-school restaurants in your portfolio. It's one of the best. Lafayette, also right near here, up in NoHo. Andrew's the head of the NoHo Hospitality Group. Um, 
Ferg here is, of course, part of ASAP Mob. So we've got two leaders in the room, and I'm going to turn it over to you guys to let you be the guests on the talk house. All right. No doubt. So what's up? What's up, man? I'm cool, man. So just to cap off, uh, we we got into discussion about leadership and um, having 13, well, two bars and 11 restaurants. That's a lot to manage. And I'm, uh, you're sitting here calm. You're not jittery. You're not, like, about to lose all your hair. How do you manage to keep your, your sanity? People. It's people business. You know, the... I didn't get into it for the people part. I got in it because I like to make make stuff, right. you know, and I like to make tasty food and cook for my family. Right. And um, but I didn't know like I could do it myself. Right. But then once you have like your own business, or once you're like the chef of a restaurant that has to cook for a lot of people, you got to convince people to help you out. Right. Uh, and kind of like do it that way. So that's really like the. Um, I was into music and I was into food when I was a kid. I was never going to college. That was never going to happen. And um, it's a little bit the same thing, like working with a producer. You have to, like, you have to extract good stuff out of people. Right. Um, and that, 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 that always, it's always changing, right? The people part's always changing, really. Right. Um, At what age did you uh, first open your first restaurant or bar? Oh, I was late. I didn't um, go into business myself till I was... 35. Okay. Yeah. And did you do it just yeah. solely yourself or you had a business partner? No, I had, um, well, it was a funny road to get there because I did like a lot, I worked in Europe. I did like a lot of training in Europe and I was like a real serious chef first right. before I went into business. So you went to school first for it? I went to school. You don't really need to go to school. Yeah. It's like not really, really necessary. But when I was 18, like this is like 1990, it was, um, it was good for me then. Right. Um, and, but I waited a long time before. I made mistakes in other people's money first before <laughs> I did it with my. You was able to pay them back once you started making your own money. Yeah, kind of yeah. like made some mistakes running other people's places. Right. And then, um, but my first place at La Conda Verde, it was a bunch of partners there. Robert De, Vera, De Niro is my partner there at the hotel. Okay. And um, I have my guys that like run the business with me that are my partners. Right. And uh, So it's all about like connections and connecting the dots, really. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, you know, we were talking about this earlier. You know, restaurants. It's different. It's different than making music, right? You work on a song, or you work on a beat, and you're in the studio for a couple of days, and you're just like working on your vision, right? And then it's done, right? right? You get the vocals right, you get the snare right, you work on this stuff, and then it's done. You kind of like put it away. Restaurants are they change every day, right? Yeah. The customers change, the employees change. The food goes bad. The fish changes, right? Yeah. Like everything changes. Fish of the day. Yeah. Catch of the uh, day. Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's to pay the people part. Yeah, my dad had a, uh, he had a restaurant and um, he had a game room and he had a boutique in Harlem. And he just had multiple spots that he opened and what closed. Kind of, what so kind like of food did you have there? It was fast food. Fast food. It was, um, the name of it was called Heggie's. Eggies? Heggies. Heggies. I don't oh, know yeah, where cool. he got the name from, but yeah, it was like hot dogs, burgers, and I just like, opened up my first chips. fast food place right here. Oh. Mr. Dips. Mr. Dips. <laughs> Shout outs. I'll be stopping by. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like just to see him like having to get up every morning and, you know, run to the Bronx to go get like a thousand Frankfurters or whatever the case may be. It was just like 
man, you say uh, 13 restaurants, that just, you know, I was seeing him do that for one spot and it was like, you know, a hole in the wall. I, can, I'm, I can't even fathom what you would have to go through on a daily basis and how many calls and emails and how are you living life? Like, when are you, like, what does your wife say about all of this? Like, when oh, I just in, came back from the weekend. I had to figure it out. I like you got to get someone else to get the Frankfurters for you. Yeah, of course. Uh, but you got to work. You got that doesn't happen like day one though. You got to build right. it. Yeah, exactly. Build it. And how do you pick? Like, how do you find management? Like people that you know is just like warriors that's gonna bat for you. Like, because uh, everybody wants every leader wants their workers or employees or help to be as strong as they are. Like, you know, you want to train, you know, your your workers to be as tough as you are. So how do you manage well, you to gotta, get... You got you to gotta inspire them, right? Right. And, um, are you, you get, like Wolf you get, of Wall Street, like telling <laughs> everybody, like amping them up like, on a loudspeaker? There's, 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 there's a little bit of that, you know? Yeah. There's a little bit of that. I can't be at every place every day, so that's right. like more kind of global kind of way to do that. Right. Um, but yeah, you have, to, you have to find the right people with the right background. Right. And we promote from within. Which right. I think is really important, right? Word of mouth. Because it's like a culture. I'm sure like, you know, and they said mob, there's like a culture involved, right? Right. So it, that doesn't come naturally. People have to learn it. You Definitely. know, people have to like understand it. Right. To be able to kind of like make it go forward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pushing so it's a little bit the same. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So we were, we were talking before about art. Yeah. And you were telling me about you were pulling Pain. canvases, and I was saying yeah. that's the hardest thing for me to do is to do that. Yeah, to like just what is it hard for you to think of something from scratch? To like really, uh, I think it's more about it's more it's more of a dexterity issue, right? Oh, like hand and eye yeah. coordination yeah. type thing. I mean, I can butcher a lamb no problem, but to like <laughs> to draw something on yeah, using like a it's an art in that too. But I was I would say like I don't think there's any. You can't call art wrong. I mean, yeah, like Rothko. Rothko is just a yeah, like a whole colors. like seven of colors. Yeah. And Agnes Martin, who's like one of my favorites, is just like just like really like lines, very very calm. You know, yeah. um, it's interesting. Yeah, I love Rothko. By the way, oh yeah, yeah, he just painted his moods like it was like different kind of whites and different kind of blues, and it was a black on black, but it's like you could tell the difference, like. Um, even like Francis Bacon, uh, with his moody kind of colors and stuff, and they all got different styles. Even Keith Haring with like just his line work, which is like inspired by the African art. I just think that, like you know, everybody just likes what they like. And you have Picasso who said it took him years to learn how to draw like a child. Who's to say, you know? what you drew or what uh, colors you was attracted to wouldn't resonate with the world. So I wouldn't say, you know, don't don't knock yourself. Just try it and put it out and see what happens. Yeah, That true. might be a whole nother career path for you. <laughs> for real. Yeah, there you go. Man, uh, Basquiat painting just sold for like $100 million. Yeah. That seems like the business you would want to be in. <laughs> for real. If he was around, he'd be cashing in on it. That's yes. I, I knew uh, I had a friend that uh he's a, a art dealer and he well art collector and he he brought a a loft off of a a Basquiat painting he might yeah. have sold it for like I'm not even sure how much he sold it for but he it was amazing at that time that 
he was able to get a home off of a painting. But like now it's like a hundred million dollars. Wow. Like and then him, Jay Z rap about it, like, okay, let me check more into this. You know, I went to school for art, I went to art and design high school, so you know, I've always been to into creating and, and innovating art and using different mediums for art, whether it was painting or uh fashion. I always was into how did you, that how did stuff. you make the move from from because it's hard, right? Music business is hard. You know, you talk about restaurant business being hard, but like yeah. music is 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 really hard. And how do you make the how do you make the move from like, all right, you know, I got these ideas, I got this skill. How do you how do you find out? How did you find out to find that path? You know what's funny? I think the path found me, honestly, because um there's no way like I, I ever wanted to be a rapper. Like, I never wanted to be a rapper. I wasn't, like, a kid, like, yo, I finna be, like, the dopest rapper ever. Like, no. I was looking up to, like, Carl Lagerfeld and, like, you know, Isan Laurent. Like, watching the, their documentaries as a teenager, like, thinking I was going to be on my way to being a fashion designer. I just happened to know how to rap. But thank God I knew how to rap because it gave me the platform to do everything else I would want to do with the world. And today, with the internet, we're just in a, a place where we could just do whatever we want anyway. Uh, it's a do-it-yourself uh, vibe now. Like, you know, kids is recording themselves. And yeah, you can put it out there really easy. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, I never really, like, I wasn't pushing to do music. Once, I, like, I seen... The powers was coming to me as far as like, yo, pe people talking about they want to sign me, this, that, and the third. They're looking at the group. Then we started like kind of zeroing our focus on music. Now we were working on a product. But before it was just for the sport of it. Like I'll just write rhymes with no hooks, like really long raps, 84 bars, just to say I wrote 84 bars wow. and memorize it all day. And like we'll go to different people's neighborhoods and battle them. But like what made us different was we dressed different. We was like fly, like we dressed like how people dress in the village in Soho with like polo shirts and preppy and long trench coats. And so we already stood out from everybody in the hood. So like once we opened our mouth and we had the words to go with the style, it kind of like, it just resonated. And I think once we spoke and we put it on wax, for all the kids that wanted to be unique and different, we stood out, we stood up for them. Because we came from a, a tough place where it's like you get ridiculed, you get criticized, and people was scared to think out of the box. So once they seen that we was from, you know, the ghetto, and we was thinking out of the box, we was hanging out downtown, going to the fashion parties, and we was rapping about real neighborhood stuff. Like people, like it's like just those two worlds collide like that together. It's just hard to shy away from. So I think the world just embraced it in a major way. And I think we shifted the game not to be like all like not cocky or nothing. But I think like once we hit them, like we kicked down the door of like just this difference, Rock and Rick Owens and grills <laughs> at the same time. They was like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? And I, and we're still doing that. Like, you know, we did it with fashion. I think we kind of solidified that. Now it's like, all right, you know, Fergus painting now. Fergus sitting with a chef. Fergus into culinary arts and wanting and, and wanting to engage in conversation that way. So I think the world gets to see more of the lifestyle. That the, way. The, the more you do, so here's a question for you. The more you do and the more you put yourself out there, whether it's art, 
you know, new new album, clothing line. Do you pay attention mm-hmm. to criticism? Yes, I do, but I ch- only only uh, constructive criticism. Right. Like if it's just like lame people like trolling on the internet, right. I'm not I'm not into that or buy, like I'm not no way I'm buying into that. It's not good for you. I'm like I have a filter. Yeah, I had learned like I had learned that a little bit, especially because like when I was coming up, there wasn't there was no internet, there was no forums, there was no like right. there was no commenters. You just had you just had your customers. You had your people you were cooking for, and that was it. Right. You know, um, but then that started, you know, as I was just starting, and you have to kind of like, yeah, you have to remove yourself from it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, for years, like, I didn't follow um, comments on YouTube. Oh, or, yeah. You know, I just thought it was stupid, but I found myself comfort- comfortable and confident enough to start reading them, I would say, this year. Like, I read, like, comments from my old album, and songs and I would read like how like certain songs they like I got a song called Cocaine Castle which is like about a a big crack house basically and just Mm -hmm. like you know all of the things that go wrong in this crack house like you see your lawyer your doctor your preacher your babies is in that crack house and like it's kids that's like saying like this song helped me get through my drug addiction and you know I was like my life was going downhill and you know, it's, you just see, like, how impactful a song is. And it kind of guides me in, like, just making towards making more music to help people, basically, I would have to say. Because it's just like, yes, like, I can make the turn up fun songs, but at the same time, I want to use my voice to like change. Like therapy in a way change. for people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like, what, what, one of the first... Uh, Things that uh, kind of dawned on me that was like, man, your voice is so powerful. Was I met this kid? He was a cancer patient in in uh, South by Southwest, and he said Hood Pope helped him get through his, you know, chemo um, therapy. You know, he was losing hair, and he was he was real slim, skinny, light, and like the kid that was sitting in front of me, he was like healthy, he was bigger, stocky. And I was like, man, there's no way that you was just like this, you know, in the picture. And his mom started crying, his pop started crying. And then I was when I realized, like, whoa, like, my music is really a tool to, like, make change and do different things with it. Not to be all preachy and stuff, but at the same time, I'm mindful of it because that's a power that if you learn how to control it and 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 just be, like, to, to hold it, then... You can make anything happen. Yeah, but how do you balance that in the commercial part of what you do? It's always going to be a constant battle because people like what they like at the end of the day. True. You know, some people may like the old Ferg. Just like, you know, as you get more knowledge in your field and then you start creating all of these things that you think is wonderful and you growing with your, your different dishes they might just like the the stuff that you was coming up with when you first started. Happens, yeah. Happens. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. just like Jay-Z said, you you want my old stuff by my old album. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. That's all I can say. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah, he's got he's got that old he's got that skitty. We used to do it in the shows where he'd like pull out the old records and be like play like two bars from it and be like, nah, right. fuck that, like nah, like Yeah. Yeah, like I I don't, I don't trip off that because as a human being, 
we we must evolve, period. Not just as artists. Mm. We got to evolve. We got to grow. So, you know, for my, my true fans, they understand. You know, I believe right. they understand because they follow me. They know what I'm going through. And, you know, those are the ones who really care. Then you have people that just love the fluff and they want to hop on the bandwagon when everybody hop on the bandwagon. I guess that's cool, too, to a certain extent. So, I mean, you just got different people for different reasons. It's cool. Yeah, you know, the I had my, my nephews this you know this weekend and they were um they were playing they were playing some they were playing some Migos. And uh you know, I didn't grow up with that, right? But they're like ten and twelve. Right. And they were like all over it. And uh I had to stop myself because I remember when I was I was their age and I was playing the music I was listening to when I Yeah, yeah. And I remember now I remember my grandfather. My grandfather listened to what I forget what it was, he said that's horrible. Yeah. That sounds like, you know, whatever. Jibba jabba. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at, at, you know at, at first you have to evolve, man. You have to appreciate where things are yeah. in like a certain time. I've learned that too because I got a real old soul. And like what I see, because I study a lot of like, you know, um, I study craft works. I study like KRS-One. I study like, you know, uh, well, yeah, you, had, you, 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 you know, you had you had, you had, this, you had the guests with like Onyx and Bone Thugs and yeah. like you know, which was See, you know, which was you know, <laughs> that's that's, that's cool because you had like a little bit, of, you know, the the old old school guys on yeah. there. That, but I really like like their styles though. Yeah, like I really love their styles, and that's the reason why like you hear Bone Thugs and Onyx on my first album, and and it's a it's a way of paying homage. I always say if I wanted to create history, I'm going to literally put myself with history in order to make the history. Right. You know, when they talk about Bone Thugs, they got to talk about Ferg now, too. Like, you know, so I'm a part of the history automatically. And, but, as far as, like, uh, just, like, the, the newcomers, I feel like nothing under this earth is really new i mean no. under the sun sorry nothing under the sun is really new um migos remind me of daz effects or something like yeah, a little or bit, yeah. like uh you know and you gotta imagine what that style was like when and they so it's, hard, and it's harder to claim something's new because now the web you can't be yeah. like this is new even though you like appropriated from somewhere else yeah you know but i'm not i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie like a lot of the stuff that i've been hearing like kind of been sounding really new like uzi sounds new like his approach to music sounds new mm -hmm. young thug sounds new like um i sound new um Migo sounds new to me, but I'm just saying like the whole like package of it. You know, they just remind me of Daz Effects because they do like a lot of tongue twisting words and mm -hmm. like they got the 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 locks in their hair. Like they just remind me of what Daz Effects was like back then. The production is is new now too. You know, you have yeah. like you have guys are rapping over some spacey stuff now yeah. that wouldn't exist like. Five years ago, right. ten years ago, you know, yeah. and those like all the the producers that are out now, they're like they're way different than yeah. you know the Just Blaze and Swiss Beats and that kind you of stuff. You know what's happening too is like rappers just don't want to be rappers no more. If you ask anybody, any rapper, like yo, you a rapper, and they were like, nah, I do this, I do this, <laughs> I do that, I do that. Like nobody wants to be called just a rapper. I know some chefs like that. They don't want to be chefs anymore. They want to be yeah. they want to be impresarios. Exactly. <laughs> What's that? Empresario. You know, oh, you know, like a like a like a jack of all trades kind of like. Gotcha. Kind of like, um, 
but it's good to expand. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's good to expand. Definitely. Um, I embrace being a rapper, but I would have to also be like a rapper just to say like, don't limit me just to rap and I'm an artist. Like, right. don't yeah, expect cool. me just to stick to one medium. You know, I know how to rap very well. Like, I could rap, I could do this, I could do backpack. You know, I was just in the studio with Premier. I could do that, you know, because I grew up on that and battle rap. But I also can do melody and, mm -hmm. you know, do melodic things. And, you know, I'm willing to try different things. Like, if you look at my my music, I got, like, David Bowie. I got, like, uh, I got Kendrick. and I got Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. I got, like... Different stuff, Aretha Franklin, because I'm just, I'm trying to bring something to the table. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to continue what we've been having in rap music. And right. that's what I think the new artist is trying to do. That's why it sounds so different and airy and because they, they're bringing in rock music. Um, they're like, Uzi reminds me of like TRL, like, you know, MTV, like Green Day, like, right. you know, stuff like that. You know, to some people, I may remind them of. A little bit of Bone Thugs, ODB, and Wu Tang. Or it's like like I tell my chefs, you know, you gotta like you collect different voices as you move along, right? right. You get influenced by different things, right? And right. so it, it's like the stuff you grew up with and the stuff you have along the way, and you got to take it and make your own voice. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise you're just kind of doing the same thing. All right, you got something right here. Oh yeah, I can't have my man out here looking crazy, man. Yeah, but um, thanks, man. No doubt. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. At the same time, it's a business. And just like I could imagine, you know, uh, in the food world, they want you to make a certain thing that's just going to make money or something like that. I don't know. How, did, how does that work? Well, I mean, a certain part you do, right? You, you got you to make the business run, you right? You got to make a cheeseburger. Yeah. It's, um, well, yeah, I got to make, you gotta make a, Not all <laughs> the places have cheeseburgers, but, right. man, they sell. Yeah, people, people like cheeseburgers. Do you just have a cheeseburger? Do you have some <laughs> chicken fingers? Yeah, yeah. No, we yeah, we make some burgers at some spots, but that's because we like to, you know. Right. And it's like I try to balance the right. commerce of it and kind of like what I want to do. And How do you keep yourself cool and like brand control, like to make sure your brand is not like all watered down and it gets funky and yeah. corny? We do different things, you know. Like every spot's a little bit different. Yeah, you know, it's not. Uh, we haven't. We don't have like thirteen locations. Or anything. It's the same thing. Every every spot's got its own soul, right. which I think is really important. Um, partly because the people that work there and the way it evolves. And there's like my original vision and how I do things. Right. And we like obsess over everything: the design and the music we're gonna play, and the cocktails and what the name is. And I mean, we get we get we get crazy geeked out in this stuff. So it's, it's opposite of that McDonald's movie. Did you see that McDonald's <laughs> I movie? <did. laughs> I yeah. love that movie. It was about, about doing everything the same. Yeah, it's about like basically yeah. making everything a factory. Those guys, those, those guys lost out, those guys, the McDonald's brothers. Yeah, they lost yeah. out, but they was being rude in the beginning. Yeah. So I guess they got what was coming to them. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, different world. What did you take out of that movie Like when you watched it? You know, it was the, it's interesting because that came out about this, you know, we did this like little burger thing out in Brooklyn, which was like probably the most fun I ever had. Like, even though like I have a very high end kind of fancy background, right. like the burger thing was so much fun just because it was 
burgers and ice cream. Right. Um, and it was low pressure, right? Yeah. Um, so we watched that when it first came out, and like we're just talking about that, and like yeah. did it like motivate you to like just pump out some burgers? <laughs> <laughs> I know what motivated me, like man, I gotta get to the studio and just make <laughs> mad music. <laughs> yeah, the the hustle was pretty pretty cool. In that. Yeah. yeah, I loved I loved I loved the the strategic moments in it where he was like, man, they try to cut me out the deal, so I'm just gonna buy the land. Yeah, that was smart. I love that. Yeah, I, I wish lo I love stuff like that. I wish we could do that in New York. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's so expensive. It's crazy. What about Burnt? You seen the movie Burnt? You know, that was one of those things. Like, I just didn't want to see it. You know, you do yeah. your thing all day, and then you don't want to yeah, like go wanna, home yeah, and yeah, like you watch wanna, that. Yeah. You want to like do something completely yeah. different. Yeah, and it seemed a little dry. You know, a little. He's a good customer, like of our, our places. Oh, so, get out yeah. Of here. So I don't want to, like, you know, talk too bad about it. But the, <laughs> the, the, it's a little idea. You know, it's a drama, yeah, right? You know. Exactly. So. Well, do you watch Chef Table on Netflix? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorite chefs. I never met him, but I think he would be one of my favorites if I I eat his food. Would have to be Francis Malman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just the way he cooks outside and. All of that, like I think it's. You can cool. go down to Miami. He's got a place in Miami now. Get out of here. Yeah, it's. it's I up, thought I was gonna have to go like all down, the way to the down to Uruguay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that that's that. I think I think a lot. He influenced a lot of people without ever going to that restaurant. You right. know, just the idea of like cooking outside and all those different yeah. kind of like the decor. ways to do that. Yeah, like he reminds me of like if like if Ralph Lauren was a chef, he would be like. Francis, just because of the style of colors. Yeah, the, uh, it's got that, that country style a little yeah, bit. It's real poetic in a way, like he's sipping wine <laughs> in a boat with like, you know, cooking fish in the <laughs> ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best thing I ever, the best thing I made last summer, right, because I have a place out in the North Fork uh, in the Hamptons, and uh, the, nice. best, the best thing I ate last summer was cooked over the fire. Yeah, like a real fire, not like like yeah. briquettes or anything like that. Yeah. It's just a whole fish we caught. We caught a whole fluke. Yeah, and we cooked it over the fire. It's that's like uh -huh. it's very some very like very primitive about it. Very yeah. kind of like elemental. Yeah, that you can't like you can't. It's hard to replicate that kind of thing yeah. in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. When uh, I went to Sag Harbor in the Hamptons, mm -hmm. like I used to go visit my friend's grandmother in Sag Harbor. We used to hit the beach and they used to do bonfires and like it would be like these like guys that lived on the beach and they'd be doing the same thing, like leftover wines that the restaurants throw out and like they'll go catch fish, they'll cook the fish over the fire and like Not drink bad, the right? leftover wines. And I'm like, <laughs> This is a way to live. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. It's pretty cool. Two hours. Very bohemian, like just outdoors. Fly shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to live like that, honestly. Like, I just, you know, sometimes it's like, for me, simple is better. Yeah. yeah. I, we complicate our lives in a lot of ways, I feel like. Yeah, I'm trying to like, you know, we were talking about social media before. You know, I went eight days, the last eight days, no social media. Wow, so I just I, did the same I, thing. I went on vacation and I didn't post anything and I didn't look either. That's the other thing is about like looking. I just turned... Turn the brain off right. for eight days. No, you need that. Yeah. yeah, I made a song called Silence, which basically just, um, it was this whole thing like I had went through. Like I had went to Africa and um, I was putting uniforms on kids. I spent two weeks out there. 
And, like, I couldn't even really take in the whole experience of me being out there. I was helping. Of course, my hands was moving. But, like, it just was all of these voices in my head, like, release dates and deadlines and all of this and that. And I was just like, whoa. Like, let me just stop for a second. You couldn't be in the moment. Yeah, I couldn't even be in the moment with the kids. Like, I would see, like, it was kids, like, running around, no clothes on, like, you know, eating off the floor and stuff like that. And I really couldn't take in the experience. I can say it was humbling, which it was humbling seeing it. You know, it kind of, like, put a new perspective in my head. But really, I couldn't even really be in the moment. And that bothered me. So... When I went on tour, I just I did two months on Future Tour. I took all the social medias off my phone, and I, I gave my cousin, who's my assistant, my um all my social medias, Twitter, um, Instagram, and face all of that. And I was like, yo, whatever I want to post, I'm gonna just send it to you, and you can just post. I don't even want to see it. I don't want to be like on Instagram, like you know, Instagram booty pictures be popping up and all of that. You don't want to be on there just looking two, at mad two, booties two, for mad hours. Two like, two hours go by, no yeah, problem. Like hell no, like and you just get caught up in that, and you be like, man, what am I doing with myself? I could just imagine because I read um, RZA's book. Are you a fan of RZA? Yeah, yeah. So he has a book, and um. It just talks about the Shaolin monks, how they just go and sit uh, uh, in the Shaolin temples and meditate for years. I could imagine, like, they thinking level, like, where their minds going, like, what they can do with their bodies and what powers they develop just by having no distractions and just something as simple as silence. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I kind of went with my head. It's just like, I want to be the best artist I can be. Well, how can I do that if I keep getting distracted with all of these things? Yeah, it's hard to like have a space where you can just think and do that, you know, because there's all this other there's the commerce of what you do. Right. There's the kind of like, yeah. you know, putting stuff out. Like yeah. you have to, as an artist, you you have that pressure to like put stuff out. That's why I'm a big fan of like people like Frank Ocean, who can disappear off the scene and just live. Like you know, I, every time I talk to him, he's like. Yo, I'm, I just moved from London. I'm going to move to Japan. You know, last time I spoke to him, he just lived in Japan for about a year and some change. Yo, I'm moving back to L.A. I'm thinking about it all. Like, you know, it's just cool to see that, you know, he, he actually taking time off to be a human being. You know, you have to be human and live through situations in order to write about them or even create. You know what I'm saying? And people just expect you to kind of be, you know, a machine. Like, I be telling my managers, like, yo, dogs, I'm not inspired right now. Like, I got to find an inspiration. Like, I got to get around the art community again and have those conversations. I got to talk to you, you know? I went down a YouTube rabbit hole the other day about the Beatles. Mm. And it, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because... They went from 1964 to 1969 and put out all that material in that time. Like, I don't know how many albums, nine albums, so many songs. It's unbelievable that they did that before, you know, and be able to put out that much material. Right. It's an incredible amount of time. And we talk about like, like, yeah, nothing I would rather do than to like go sit on a beach and like grill things over like, you know, the fire in Lake Uruguay for like, just to like come up with some new ideas. Right. You know, because 
And it's amazing that they did that, especially music, they didn't add such a short period of time right. when when you think about that, if they had social media and they had this kind of like other next level of stuff to like pay attention to, right. um, would that have happened, you know? That, I, that kind of output. Yeah, I think that, like, so you saying that they was putting out music at a, just like, a, just kicking out music. I mean, yeah. Like a, a lot, lot of, of music. music. Yeah. They was like, they was like doing the future before future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think that like, back then it was way different. I think that the times was, everything was so new and exciting. Even now, t today is like new and exciting, but I think kids listen to music differently now. Totally different. Yeah, like before yeah. it was about like getting the vocals smack on correct and like, you know, writing like songs that came from your heart. And I think now it's just like, People want the raw. I think it's more abstract now. I think people want the raw emotion, even if you're not. If they don't, I think, I think it's going back to like James Brown, like when people like James Brown used to go in the studio and he would just be like, "God dog it, that, that, that. <laughs> like it's like you can't write that type of stuff. So I think like kids want the emotion. They want to feel like they there with you because it's hard for us to feel anything like nowadays so much product out there too now so yeah. much product out coming quickly you know right and it's just a different experience you know right totally different even the way you even the way you you make a decision to yeah. like because you're hearing it there's no album art anymore you don't right. have that kind of like interaction with the thing first yeah. you don't like you know look at the like we were talking about stevie wonder and like looking at that cover and being like yeah. oh yeah that looks dope i'm gonna buy that album right you know it's just you hear it before you man before stevie you see wonder it. could put that album out right now Songs in the key of life, and it'll sound like it just came out. That's how ahead of time that that man was with that album. That, that and his deals, he got like fourteen million dollars just to resign with uh, Gordy. There you go. <laughs> that didn't happen. That wasn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't happening. He was like, "I'm gonna need that bag for this." That album is amazing to listen to with headphones on. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's like cozy little sweaters over your ears they're like the best analog sound yeah. I'm listening to craft work a lot now like I love those sounds like just that electronic and then just like you know I, I watch a lot of documentaries like yeah, crazy documentaries yeah. I'm like a Netflix king <laughs> um, did you see like uh, Star Wars and like uh Basically, uh, the evolution of hip hop. What was the name of that? It's called the evolution. evolution of oh yeah, no, I missed that one. Yeah, evolution. So it talks about like how um, in the beginning, like craft work, they a lot of people were sampling like they work early on and oh, just yeah, making break beats out of them. And it just, I'm like so caught up in that whole vibe of just those abstract sounds and pipes and just. I watched that that, that, that Apache documentary last year about uh, the song Apache and uh, how everyone was cutting up that song and that was like a big source of breakbeats like back in the day. Uh, I gotta check that and out. And like how the, how like it was such a random record put together by a bunch of musicians that didn't know each other. I think it was made in what? Vancouver. And it was made in Vancouver. Wow. Which is kind of like, kind of wild because you think like a breakbeat record would not be made in Vancouver yeah. and it was like cut in Vancouver and so many like of the old school songs were like sampled from that or cut from that. Wow. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I just want to create a new genre. Like, that's all I want to do. I just want to create music. Like, just, I want people to feel something. Like, in a, in a, my generation, 
in the generation uh, after me, I just feel like we are on on the the we in we in the search of wanting to feel something because, like you said, everything is not physical anymore. Like right. everything is digital. I thought you know when the crash happened, okay, in two thousand eight. Okay, which is a tough time, tough time for me because I was just starting my business, and I was, I was, I was saying that for like a year. I was like, man, the best thing to come out of this is maybe a new music, right. like a new thing to represent. Because you know, a lot of like the economic depressions, yeah, you know, good stuff comes out of it. You know, like right. a new musical movement happened. Right. So you have like you know where hip hop came out of like in the in the eighties. You know, it was it was bad times, yeah. you know, on the street. And the early nineties was another bad like recession and grunge right. happened, you know, and Seattle happened. Right. And that was an amazing movement also. Right. So I was like two thousand eight, wow. I was like, It's gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna happen. And it, it didn't kinda didn't kinda happen, like the new didn't happen. Yeah. Like there wasn't enough uh there wasn't enough I don't know, people didn't feel it enough for like yeah. something to happen. There was no youth. So yeah, something yeah, something new evolved. Um yeah. but you know, I mean Trillex is doing beats for you now, so yeah. there's a crossover that like yeah. you know would never no, happen I before. Think it's, and something is happening now. Yeah. It's definitely in the happening. I just, I just, it's a feeling that I got that I'm gonna forge some new shit hmm. that's just gonna go crazy. I just know it. Like I just know that. Like just the information I have in my body. Like I, you know, rhythm wise and and. Just what I I've taken in and my teachers and people I've learned from, I I know that I'm gonna forge something new and I, that's what I'm talking about not happening. It's definitely something happening. Like I mean, with the Migos and everybody that's that's you know lit right now. Shout out to them. They all my friends and I make music with them. But I feel like I'm gonna like make some new shit that's gonna rock people's socks off. So you don't you don't you don't think that you don't ever come to a point where you're like. Everything's been said. I can't no. say I can't say anything new. How do I do no. that? No, because like nobody's me. Nobody lives from my perspective. Nobody is like grew up on 143rd in Amsterdam. You know, went from playing basketball in the garbage cans and making duck sauce sandwiches and drinking sugar milk to striving all the way to this point where it's like Madonna calls me to the studio and, you know, I get to talk to Puff Daddy on the phone. I like calling him Puff Daddy. <laughs> and uh, and and I, I get insight. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, like, and this is, I'm only on, you know, my, my I only did two albums and, you know, I'm still early, I feel like, and I'm still learning myself and I still... And and I'm still a, a student, so I just feel like, man, once I master my powers, <laughs> I'm gonna be lit. Like, like, and I'm lit. I already got light on me, so it's just like, once I master it and become the holder of it, I think that it's just gonna be like a crazy big. It's like gonna be like the Big Bang. Rizzo would like that talk. That's some like Shalom stuff, you know. That's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no cool. doubt. He's the Abbot for real. Yeah, and I think about that, like, what's, like, left to say, even, like, what I do, you know? Like, how, what else can you do to, like, what else can the restaurant do? What else can, like, how how can yeah. you, like, approach something simple, like chicken? Yeah, you know, and Innovation. like You know, and it's like, do you kind of, like, just start repeating yourself or repeating that someone else did before, you know? Right. And how do you express yourself? Right. Uh, what can we do that's new? Well, right. the old stuff's good, too, so 
what does that mean for where we are now? You right. know? But I like that. That's yeah. that maybe some inspiration for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny about food? Like a like I am an artist, so I I kind of know what people what flavor they would like on a uh, on a track. I I kind of know what would taste good. Like if I wanted, like if I knew, because some people don't they don't know how to put taste like like seasonings together and stuff sure, like yeah. that. So like people afraid. Yeah, if I'm hungry, <laughs> I know to get the sazon. I know to get the adobo. I know to get some parsley. I know to get, you know, I know what I, I what. My taste palette is like just like if you got like a, a you got a palette for your paints and you mixing it you mix the the blue the yellow and the the red to make brown like I know what what those flavors I know how to put those flavors together I I probably I, but like it'll be awesome for me to like really get in the kitchen and like do some like I've done like you know like baked salmon salmon and broiled salmon and you know fried rice like I, I've that's got a, that's a that's a next show man you can bring me some baked salmon and I'll, I'll bring you some of my beats and we'll uh That'll we'll, we'll be collaborate. That'll be, be like, fire. and you and you can tell me my beats are horrible, and I can tell your salmon needs to like a little more like salt. <laughs> now you know the last time I made a, sal a salmon, it was like really dry. It was dry and it was, and uh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had made it for, I had made it for a special lady, and how did that go? It just about the salmon part. <laughs> I mean, just let's just say that. I gotta eat for effort. Yeah, there you go. And, there you and, go. And, and yeah, the <laughs> dessert was right after. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. That was really interesting. We got Aesop Ferg name, name checking Francis Mallman, Andrew Carmelini name checking Migos. That was not scripted. <laughs> so thank you guys for coming on and, and being here. And thank you to Sonos for hosting us here in the flagship down on Green Street in Soho in New York City. Yeah, yeah. That was dope. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs>